Jamie. Hi, Sonia. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? Great. So our podcast is called Are We There Yet? Jamie, what does that mean for you? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a bunch of bored children in the back of a car. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? But I'm also, I've been reflecting on what boredom is a lot lately because uh, even I, who am very good at doing nothing, I find myself avoiding being bored, and yet boredom is sort of a window into imagination and opportunity and finding new things. So are we there yet is sort of a way to check in for me and think, am I where I need to be? Am I here right now? Where am I? Maybe I'm completely in some other place. Maybe that's a good thing. Or maybe I need to figure out where I want to be and try and get there a little bit. I personally tend to figure out where I am after I get there instead of having a destination in mind that I want to go to. Um, And then I look back and say, oh, gosh, that's what all these things that I was doing led up to this. Oh, I actually was planning, but I wasn't aware of it. So it's a way on a very personal level, are we there yet? is a way to try and figure out where I'm going and assess where I am. On a more societal level or interacting with other people, um, we're at this pivotal moment. You know, I think of growing up on the Jetsons or even the Flintstones and watching what artists, cartoonists, interpretations of the future and the past were and figuring out what that means about the present and how how we move forward because we're constantly moving forward and there's constant change and yet somehow we're also sort of staying the same. We're all still, we have the same DNA that we've had for thousands, thousands of years. And it's just sort of a way to, to people, if we're going to talk to these people who are changing the world rapidly with AI and machine learning and art and um, business leadership, uh, where do they think we are? And finding this sort of collective moment of where are we? Where are we going? Are we there yet? Are we beyond there? Did we miss a turn? Or how, how that all sort of falls into place. That's where I'm coming from on this. How about you? Where very well aligned you and I. I also uh, am very curious about the trends that we see coming up. How are these trends going to change our world? How are they going to shape who we become as humans? Um, How will we collaborate better? How will we work with each other? Who will we become that is the that is the true question, and there are so many interesting developments around us. We were talking about uh, dedicating the season to artificial intelligence because that is the very big topic everyone is looking at these days. Question is: Are we there yet? When we think of the singularity, 
that very big moment in time where the artificial intelligence gains its own consciousness and can create itself, can get better by itself, doesn't need humans to grow. So for me, that is a, a very interesting question to look at today and, and as we grow go through the season also how will that development how will artificial intelligence change the way we collaborate with each other we work with each other that is one of the very interesting topics that that i'm curious about how did you come here with a question are we there yet i saw myself on a river and i followed it and it carried me here. It is, I believe, the curiosity to learn more and to find out and to see. It is the curiosity that drives us humans and drives me too. That is how I got here. And luck that I met you. <laughs> was that luck or was that our mutual friend knowing that we would be quite a pair? Yes, we will be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At some point, yes. Shall we discuss what motivates our podcast? Yes. So um, please tell me, when you think of sustainability, what does that mean for you? Well, it has so many meetings and it's sort of become a little um, genericified, I suppose. But for me, it, it means longevity. It means that something can sustain itself through challenges, through ups and downs, through bountiful times through scarce times. And it's very much tied to adaptability and the ability to recognize that you are in a time of scarcity or a time of abundance and sort of pivot your behavior, adapt, and um, be able to handle whatever comes. So it can really apply to anything in the world. It can apply to people. It can apply to a device, an electronic device, behavior. It can apply to relationships. It can apply to physical things or ideas and really just how these things change and sustain themselves over time. But I also wouldn't necessarily want something to exist only because it already exists. So sometimes sustainability involves a little bit of a demise or a recognition that it's time to end something. I look at sustainability from the lens of people, of leadership, of the teams. How can we create this world? Of course, I agree with everything you're saying. And in addition to that, I, I see it in the way, how can we create the world where we can all be who we are in a sustainable way? where we can create teams where people can collaborate the way they feel most comfortable. People are motivated the way they can do things best. Their needs are met. They receive recognition for their work, for who they are as people. So in general, psychological needs are being met. So to me, that is sustainable work environment. We often think in terms 
where we say that, well, it's, uh, it's just work or uh, it pays the bills or something like that. But we also know that we spend a big chunk of our day in the work environment, whatever that is. And we can get burned out because of the relationships, because of the situations, because of the amount of work we have that we cannot manage. And so being able to understand how this dynamic works and what we can change, because I believe we can change things. So what do we need to change to create a sustainable world? And that is where I, where I think leadership is essential. Elements of honesty are integral to sustainability. You have to be able to look honestly at your own needs, capabilities, abilities. You have to communicate them with other people. You have to be able to recognize them in other people. And you have to be able to trust each other in in order to be vulnerable. And especially in a work environment where you're not going to want to admit a vulnerability, um, you know, it's a balancing act of what what will help you and what will hurt you in the long run in a work environment. So it's there's a lot to unpack with sustainability in this framework. Yes, I agree. Uh, talking about honesty, it is uh, something really close to my heart because I believe we cannot connect with others unless we're authentic. As long as we're pretending, we're not truly connecting with others. So learning first who we are, who am I? What makes me the person that I am? What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? What do I need? Understanding myself enables me to be myself. And so then I don't have to pretend. Something that you said to me a couple years ago has really stuck with me. And it was that when you are sarcastic, you are not truly communicating. And I am a very sarcastic person. So I try to take that into account. And it really resonated with me because a lot of times people don't know if I'm joking or not. And I try never to joke, but then I realize that sarcasm is joking and it's also not actually communication. Um, would you talk a little bit about maybe not necessarily sarcasm, but honest communication and the ways maybe we try to avoid it in our everyday lives? When I say sarcasm is not communication, I want to put that a little bit into, uh, into perspective. I believe we connect and communicate only when we are in um, what we call a plus-plus life position. If I'm okay, if I'm balanced, if I don't have a hidden agenda, I'm not lying, I'm not pretending. What you see is what you get. As long as I'm like that, I'm in that plus-plus life position, I'm in an okay life position. If something is happening in my life, I'm stressed out, I am anxious, there is some negativity to it. Therefore, I am not in that balanced state of mind. The same thing applies to the person I interact with. If they are in that positive life position, then that's where the, the second plus comes, our plus plus life position. So you're okay, I'm okay, we can be who we truly are. If we then make a joke and have fun, then that's okay. However, if there is some negativity on, on, on one side, and I bring a sarcasm, there is some second meaning to that sarcasm. The interpretation, every time I have to interpret, there could be possible 
miscommunication. And so that is why it makes it so difficult to be authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can be authentically funny, of course. Yes. Um, but there are ways to be funny that are also harmful in communication. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, so what what are you curious about when it comes to artificial intelligence? Well, I have to say I'm a little scared of annihilating humanity or the world. I don't think that we've answered that question of whether that will happen. Some people know it will happen. I haven't quite figured that out. So that's that's some trepidation on my part. But on the other hand, I think that it could assist us in as you were saying earlier, being the true versions of ourselves. As there's a farmer named Joel Salatin, he's uh, written a lot of books and he's sort of influenced a way of farming in tune with the land. And one of his sayings is that he wants to farm to support the pigness of the pig. He wants the pig to be its true self in its environment on the farm, live the, the biggest life that it could live until it is ultimately slaughtered and eaten by humans. So I try to think of the humanness of the human, the earthness of the earth, and even the antness of the ant and how we can all be who we are. You know, I don't want to say meant to be in terms of there's a master plan, but just who are who we are in our nature. And I think that if we if we're very intentional with AI, it can help us all beings and the place we're in and our environment be who we are in our natural state, which I do believe is a harmonious state that all these things work together in cycles and in in a symbiosis there's small tensions here and there between say a predator and prey but even the predator and prey relationship is integral to the nature of those beings so i hope that a that we can find a way that ai will help us be who we are supposed to be because i don't think we are doing that right now we're the way we live as humans right now is we're not closing the loop on so many cycles and we create a lot of excess, we create waste, we create toxic stuff that ruins, you know, other ecosystems. So I don't want to, again, say, you know, good and bad, good and evil paradigms here, but I would like to find a way for AI to put systems into natural balance. I'm curious about your feelings towards AI in general? I mean, do you see it more as a threat or more as a friend and supporter at this point? I see it as neither. It is a neutral thing that exists. However, I think that we are not, we are so dazzled by it that we're not being intentional about it. And we are finding ourselves after the fact with AI doing stuff that we didn't want it to do. And I think that once AI has learned something, we can't take it back. And that is scary to me, but I think it's it's the way that we're approaching AI. I don't think it's AI 
itself. So what I'm seeing in uh, in my conversations is that there are many, in, in general, in the news and the approach towards the artificial intelligence, um, there are many concerns about artificial intelligence. And I believe some of that comes from the fact that people don't know enough about it. Every time we're in a situation when there is an unknown, we're going to be in that very careful, cautious state of mind, almost anxious, scared state of mind. I don't want to come closer. I don't know what this is. Let us not do it. We don't know what it is. At the same time, obviously going too close to the fire can also burn someone. So where is the balance and how can we explore artificial intelligence, learn from it, learn with it, become better at what we do, create a better world for us? That is the question. And that fear factor that comes with artificial intelligence, maybe exploring that a little bit would be an interesting thing to do as well. Um, are you aware of that fear factor? Or how do you see that? I experience it, certainly. And I do, you know, sometimes fear begets itself and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if we're afraid of something because we don't know it, then we don't get to know it because we're afraid of it. And understanding something, naming it, and knowing it eliminates the fear. Um, I see that with people and with animals and um, exposure therapy for people with phobias or anxieties. These are, it's really just, it's a way to tame something. And I think we have to tame AI before we unleash it. So this fear factor is always present. So when you say taming AI, it sounds almost as if you feel, if you believe it is already free and evolving on its own. I think it is, but it's still in a cage. It's a wild animal in a cage or a wild storm that's still out to sea. And it's not approaching land. It is, but it's not near land yet. And... We have to, going back to sustainability, we have to be able to recognize the path that it's taking and if not avert it, adapt to it as soon as we possibly can. So if you consider artificial intelligence as a growing human being, if you visualize it for a minute for me, please, artificial intelligence is a, is a growing human being, how can we humans be its parents and teach it to be a good human being and do good. I love this perspective. Until this moment, I was thinking of it as a raging storm or like a Tasmanian devil in a cage. But now thinking of it as a baby, which has incredible potential, you know, as all babies do. And the job of parents and caregivers is to steward this child into becoming themselves, into realizing who they already are. Even the youngest infant has a, a selfhood. So the one thing where I'm, I haven't quite reconciled this idea because it's new to me is can 
AI make choices in the way that a child can after, you know, AI learns from its own mistakes, it, but its mistakes are what we tell it its mistakes are, right? Does it have a cognizance to recognize that a mistake is a mistake so that when you hit a friend, they don't like it? Can AI recognize that without us telling them? That would be an interesting question for an artificial intelligence expert. So we shall do that. If we visualize ourselves as parents to the artificial intelligence, then we go into, into the area of unknown. How does that, what does that mean for us? If you're considering, if you consider two people parenting a child, they might have different values. They might have different expectations. They might have different aspirations. How does humanity align with that need to raise this powerful child? Yeah, I think that's where I was going with that question of, can it realize on its own what is right versus what we tell it? Because we all have different views. And the way I see on raising a child is you you can't say hitting your friend is wrong. You can, you can, you can say that a million times, but they need to really realize it. And they're going to see you maybe hit someone as an adult or hit a wall or display exactly what you're saying you shouldn't do. And that is a way of learning as well. So I think maybe the idea of sentience is crucial here to how we put guardrails on AI. But also, up until now, there's been a very tiny, tiny handful of people steering the direction of where AI has gone. But since we've unleashed ChatGPT and the OpenAI platform, it's been learning from vast text on the internet, which is everybody's been contributing, whether we've meant to or not, to AI's eventual sentience. So I kind of feel like the cat might be out of the bag at this point. And of course, if you take what's on the internet, it's definitely not our best work. <laughs> uh, people become screen warriors and write long posts, blog posts, whatever rants about things that they may just be venting, or it may be a thought exercise for them or whatever, but they may not actually mean any of it. But all of a sudden, it's training AI. And is that is that what we want? Is that how we want to do it? Is quantity more important than quality here? These are all questions I have. I don't have any answers, but it's it's why it's a little scary to me. I like how you explore your um, your feelings here, <laughs> because I can tell just by saying the cat is out of the bag, there is a negative connotation to that statement, and also the there is underlying anxiety to this. I'm just now realizing what a moment we're in. We are here, but where is here? That I don't know. The question is, are we there yet? Yes. I mean, we're somewhere. <laughs> so, so then I'm thinking about the next important question. Who is to decide what is right and what is wrong? Who makes that decision? And is that one person? And how can we jointly as humanity come to agreement mm -hmm. what is right and would we ever come to an agreement on what is right i i don't see that happening <laughs> do you 
I think our diversity is what makes us so successful. Diversity in so many ways. That is what enables this world to thrive and and exist. It is a, a positive and a negative at the same time. It is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It can be a challenge, obviously, as we talk about this. But diversity is what we need to continue to survive. How, this could be another great question, how can AI incorporate diversity? Does it have different solutions for the same problem based on what criteria? Or can it take different paths at the same time? Can two diverse or even opposing opinions or ways of being exist with AI? I don't know. Are you asking how can artificial intelligence enable this world to be more aligned, more sustainable? And is being aligned the same as sustainable in your mind? Well, yeah. So the great question. I don't know if that's what I'm asking. I don't know if alignment is necessary, but coexisting is necessary. My next question would have been, what is alignment? What does that mean? And so if alignment meant we all have to think the same way, we all have to do the same way, we all have to believe the same thing, then we're losing diversity, we're losing freedom, we're losing everything that makes us who we are. I think of whenever I don't know that, I would drill down into what the definition of a word is. And I actually don't know if allies, the word like people who are allied with each other, I assume that that comes from alignment or that they're related words. But you can have very diverse allies who have a common cause, let's say. They want the same end. They want the same there, but have plenty of diversity in other other aspects or how they get there. So I think alignment in some ways could work, except that it requires the same goal, I suppose. And in some ways, it might require some trade-offs. So Jamie, we're here with this um, interesting topic and focused on sustainability and the need to create the world where we can all be who we are and our best version of ourselves. Considering that, what is it that we bring to the table? How can we shape this topic and why are we curious about it? So will you please give us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about how we got here, wherever this is. So my background is in sustainability. I have a master's in sustainability management that I got just over 10 years ago when sustainability was a buzzword and we didn't really know what it meant. It meant very much environmental issues. However, I took a lot of policy courses as well, and I was very interested in how governments could realign themselves into ecosystem service districts, for example, based on the land around them. So my perspective is very much combining the environmental and the human social aspects of sustainability. And I don't even know that ESG, environmental social governance, was sort of a nascent term back then as well. And I very much 
am interested. I it's since then it's sort of been co-opted into large corporations and their sustainability goals or carbon drawdown goals. But I think that we have to really uphold the social aspect of this as well and the governance aspect. So I also have been working on my permaculture design certificate. Permaculture is uh, not only a way of designing say, a garden or a food forest, but also you can design your livelihood based on natural cycles that you identify, that you observe, and really try to sort of fit into cycles that exist. So these are some things that I am bringing to the table here. I also am a photographer and a natural dyer and probably many thousands of other things that aren't even coming to mind right now. How about you? I spent many years in the corporate world and enjoyed every second of it. And I also observed um, that dynamic in large corporations can change a person, can change how they interact with others. And I realized that in that process, we're giving up ourselves. We're giving up who we are, consciously or subconsciously. Sometimes we decide to adapt so we can be more successful. It doesn't mean that we can truly be who we are. Sometimes that leads to burnout. Sometimes that leads to major changes in who we are in the end, how we approach things, how we solve problems. To me, it became very interesting to to see how people change over time and how can we create corporate world, how we can, can create teams where we can be who we are. And so I became passionate about that and decided to uh, start my own company and uh, do executive and leadership coaching and work with teams to help them create their world the way they need it. In each individual can be the way they are because I realized that is the best way to be productive. That is the motivation is natural. We're not forced. We're not threatened. We're not afraid. We want to be something. We want to do the right thing. That is the driver of who I am and one of the reasons why we're doing this today. I love that. I think that if we could all truly be who we truly are, we're getting at truth, we're getting at honesty, we're getting at sustainable communication here, the world would function so much easier. We would be less tired because we're not going against the grain that's pushing against us. We're flowing with it. We would be more productive. We would be more aligned in many ways. Even even though we have such diverse cores of who we are, every single person is different from every other person, but we would sort of have this river to flow on and the river is all going in the same direction. There's little eddies off to the side. There's rocks at the bottom, but ultimately the river flows. So I would love to see more people really realizing who they are, both realizing it intellectually and actual realizing it in reality. Jamie, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time for this conversation. I love the way you think. I'm also very excited about our next conversation with Charlie Kindle and his experience with artificial intelligence research and development of Alexa and in general his thoughts on how artificial intelligence influences us as humans. Mm-hmm.